Hello, everyone. Happy National Coming Out Day. Yeah, we are here dropping a little bonus episode, just a little chit chat, um, because we're we're out. We're out here. Um, and we wanted to just, we are out here. Um, so Jamil, given that we're both out here, and we actually are on the podcast always talking about, always being out, out all over the place. Um, but you actually, you did a little looking into what's the history of, of National Coming Out Day? Where did that come from? When did it start? Yes. Yeah, so October 87, there was a half a million queer activists marching in D.C., making calls for Ronald Reagan at the time to do something about the HIV slash AIDS crisis. At that time, 40,000 people had died due to AIDS and lack of intervention from the government. And a year after that march, they turned that day into National Coming Out Day. And I think it's so important when we're celebrating these days to remember the queer activists in the 80s and the legacy that will provide afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if it weren't for for that activism, frankly, neither one of us would be here probably having this conversation in the way that we are able to. Absolutely. It's because of folks like that, decades before us, um, being out, being proud, and being loud, um, we are able to have a podcast and be openly queer. So we love that. We love that. We love that. And... And also, of course, like we always like to do, um, to kind of complicate some things too. And, you know, one thing that I think, well, there are a few different things that we should talk about, Jamil. One is we got to talk about how I used to think this myself, that coming out was something that you did one time and then you were done. But it's really not that way. It's a constant coming out and it depends on context. Um, But... I mean, I, I'm coming out on in so many different ways, depending on the situation. Uh, you know, I'm professionally out, but does that mean I'm out at the grocery store? Maybe not. You know, so what does that look like for you coming out? Is that a one-time thing? I think folks in their mind have this Broadway play set up. We mm. hop on stage, the curtains open, I'm out, I've been told folks, and that's it. That's the a little- end of the story. And for the yep. my life, I have checked that box off. However, you have to come out. Well, you don't have to come out, but you come out when you meet new people, when you start a new job, mm-hmm. when you make new friends. You know, folks ask you, hey, are you gay? Hey, are you So coming out is definitely an everyday process when you're meeting new folks and you're in different spaces. Also situational, because there may be situations where you may not want to come out. Oh, or yeah. You know, I may not feel like it's appropriate for me to be talking about this in this certain space, or I may not feel in a certain space. Um, typically, I'm out in almost all facets of my life, um, but sometimes I don't want to go through the ropes of having to announce and display and talk about um, my queerness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's being out is very different for me now because if I'm not coming out, then people don't necessarily recognize me as trans or as queer. So if I don't say something, I'm passing as a, a straight white dude. Um, it used to be when I was a lesbian, I, I, there was no, my, my, people looked at me and they were, 
who would see me and and treat me like someone who was visibly queer. So it was not, I didn't have to do as much talking, frankly. I mean, when I was walking down the street for good and bad, people saw me and treated me as queer. It's really different now. And, and in some ways it's a privilege to be able to choose when you're coming out versus being visible all the time um, can put you in some situations like at, at a high risk. But, you know, for some people it's a choice, for other people you are just out and perceived as being out whether you want to or not, right? I think folks can also look at me at times and just visibly know that I'm queer um, when I'm walking on campus with a blue fur coat. Oh yeah, really bag. It's, it's, it's listen, listen. That is how I knew. Sunglasses. Oh yeah. Coffee in hand. It's giving fierce. It's giving. We know who you yeah. are. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There are times where you just can't tell. Um, and for you, I would imagine it's different because there's a level of safety that comes with that, especially, especially around being out and being trans. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'll say too, sometimes I, I hear people, um, I hear a couple things. I hear many things. One thing is that like the, this imperative or like pressure to be out, like you have to be, it's your responsibility, you know, like being out is good and being in the closet, quote unquote, in the closet is bad and that doesn't take into account people's families people's cultures you know there's so much that that is not factored in there like of course like this is what we want right a world where everyone can be fully expressed and exactly who they are but we are not there right now by any means connecticut as a state we have a large population of homeless lgbt youth i don't Mm -hmm. think folks take into account what you may be sacrificing when you do come out. You may be, you know, blackballed from your family and not allowed to speak to your parents that you grew up with your entire life. You know, Mm -hmm. your own siblings may hate you. I don't think people realize that when you come out, you can be breaking meaningful relationships. You can be now forced into home teenager. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. uh, And forced to make decisions about where you live and your safety and eating. Um, you In many states, you could still be fired for being out. Um, so you can jeopardize your livelihood and your job that pays your bills. And I think a lot, for a lot of folks, it's real easy for them to say, hey, just come out. Why are you not out the closet? Like, oh, shame on you. But they don't have to deal with the consequences that come next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely a privilege to be able to be out and supported and loved for who you are. And you know, sometimes, I mean, I'll say that I didn't come out as trans until I was 35, until I was a full adult with my own life and, you know, with enough sort of, I felt safe enough, I guess, in all of my relationships and in, in my position in my communities that that felt safe and okay, even within my already pretty privileged position. Um, but a lot of times, you know, people really struggle, like you're talking about, um, and they lose, um, you know, whether it's a temporary break with family or friends uh, and support networks, but sometimes, you know, that is uh, a permanent break. So it's something that, you know, I would say that that this is probably a natural thing for people to do, and I'm curious what you think about this, Jamil, to come out, like, to your, like, there are people you probably feel comfortable coming to first, 
like your closest folks, um, maybe a maybe a mentor, but like the the friends who you know are going to love and support you no matter what. And that you at least like if you can't if you don't feel like you could be out yet to your family or at your job, you at least have your a couple people who you can be free with. I feel like my coming up journey different from most people. I did it super casually. Super <laughs> casually. I did not think it was a big deal whatsoever. Um, I kind of told everyone at the same time, but very casually. And I had great success. Um, so I don't think my story is a normal mm. story, but it is a happy story. It's a ha- it's a story of being supported and being accepted. So I've always mm. been very grateful for that. But yeah, cash. Like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, by the way, FYI. That is so funny because you do other things very not casually, like a whole big production, but you're going to just like, just drop this and and also you are just who you are like that's there's no changing jamel that's what i was saying i'm not sure what folks wanted me to say like this is just what it is right right there's no changing you no. yeah i'll say i did have a friend who really like coached me around coming out as trans in a way that was so helpful to me which was to say um to people like i've made a decision that's going to make my life um happier and and better and it's going to make me healthier and it's like all right well who wouldn't want somebody to be doing better and to be living their best life and oh that decision is you know to transition you know to live as my authentic self and i'm telling you because i don't want you to hear from someone else because i'm telling you out of love and respect for you and out of care um and i called everybody in my family and everyone in my partner's family individually but that was like an empowering thing for me. I'm a very shy person, um, but I didn't want to rely on like my mom and my partner to like just spread the news for me. I wanted people to feel loved. And also if, when you're communicating something in that way, right? I'm telling you this because I love you because you're important to me. They're less likely to have a bad reaction, right? Yeah. I also feel like I did it with a lot of confidence. Of course you did. I was super confident in my identity. I felt super how, Wait, wait, wait. Plus, how old were you? Oh, I was a freshman in high school. So I had to have been 14 mm. at the time, 13, 14. I'm not sure. So somewhere around that timeline. And I hate the term coming out, too, because I didn't feel like I was in the closet ever. Like, I was hiding mm-hmm. where I was. It was like I discovered and then right. I just informed. That's right. the way I kind of look at it. It wasn't like I was hiding from myself. I think coming out implies that you're hiding, um, hmm. I might, at least. But, yeah, I felt super confident about myself. Also very defensive. Like, Interesting. me against the world, and if no one else will accept or love me, I will. And I was perfectly comfortable in the time, in, in the time frame to be rejected. I expected to be rejected. Oh, wow. No one to accept me. And I was very surprised when folks accepted me. But I think because folks talk about coming out as this, you know, once you do it, all these bad things will happen. That's what I expected. And I was Hmm. really surprised when those things did not happen. Interesting. Interesting. I always think, too, that it's so important for, I mean, you know, and I'm thinking about parents and other people who are surrounding, you know, who are related to the person who's coming out. Um, 
a lot of times that is a shock for people and it takes some time to like wrap their mind around. So having examples of people who are very sort of naturally and easily accepting, you know, like, like your mom, your family, them talking to other families that can really, you know, like PFLAG type work um, can, can really just provide a model for like, they can even have conversations among themselves that don't have to involve the, the person who's actually coming out. You know, but I think that they're such a great example of how to just love your your kid, your brother for who they are. And in this day and age, you know, it is a brave and bold thing to be out and to be proud and to like talk about it and even this context um, so openly. Yeah, you know what? We need to do a whole episode about this. This is just a tease. Oh, yes, yes. But before we let the folks go, you know, let's give some tips. Ooh, tips. Let's hear it. I already gave a couple. Okay. Um, I would say, depending on your age, like if you are still living at home with your family and are not in a financial space to take care of yourself, I would fill that situation out. Maybe Mm. come out when it's safe, right? When you can have your own housing and you can support yourself. If you know it may be going down that path, don't compromise your safety to be out. I would say one. Um, Two, I would say find folks that support you and have yep. a support system. And high school, um, shout to Miss Axe. I seen her a couple of years ago. I absolutely love her. But she offered a GSA space where we learned about safe sex, where we learned about same partner violence. And learning that information at that age, I have felt like have saved me from a whirlwind of trouble growing up. I like it kept me very much smart. I knew what to do to keep myself safe. So finding that education in a community quickly can be all the difference um, in how you're coming out and your career journey will go. Uh, And for people that are already out, I think it's super important to talk to folks that are not out yet and to give them advice and give them comfort and talk to them about your experience uh, because you know better than anybody else what that journey may look like. Those are Jamil's tips. You know, I I don't have anything to add to that. I think that that's, you know, finding places where where you are uh, loved, supported, cared for as who you are, seeking out that chosen family, um, whether that's at school, with your friends, at work, wherever that may be, um, and then building building out from there, building out from there. But we need to, we truly, can we do a whole episode? I think we could. I think we should. Um, let us you want us to do a whole episode on this because we can if you want to send us questions you know we answers how to tell, <laughs> how to tell your friend oh it's like a, a call-in radio show oh you that'd be dope i would love <laughs> how to tell the folks around you we got some thoughts yeah hit us up on instagram uh real talk at southernct.edu where else we got a twitter now yeah i think we do i think we do um It'd be in our link tree. Yeah, we will make one of those. So Instagram, email us, um, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yes, Um, go support or organization. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, Jamil. See you.